0: Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association.
1: Welcome back. Calling all pet owners. Do you have a dog or a cat or something else that you love? Well, treating your pets by yourself as opposed to going to a vet for everything is a growing trend. And if you own a pet, you may already know that while there are some medications meant for humans that can also work effectively on your pet, there are also human medications that are lethal to cats and dogs and other pets. So it's vital that you know that what meds are prescribed and over-the-counter are okay to use and which ones to avoid. Our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association... Dean Miller is here to tell us more about that, to answer your calls and questions. And before we go to Dean, let me just give you the numbers again. He's here to answer your questions about this, but also about any of your pharmaceutical questions. He's the expert. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Dean, welcome. Thanks for being here.
2: Oh, my pleasure, uh, Libby.
1: Okay, so... This is a growing trend. No,
2: absolutely. I mean, uh, as a pharmacist, I think, <laughs> you know, you, you, people have always come in for medications here and there for their pets. But but certainly uh, in the last little while. Wow. I mean, what an explosion of people sort of looking for, you know, what can I do with my, my pet or my pet's on a medication and I need it flavored in some way because they won't take it. And, you know, so you get a lot more questions like that. So it's, uh, it's an interesting trend that's developing for sure. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a fun one, but it's on a serious topic because, I mean, most pets uh, are part of the family. Absolutely. And, uh, people are buying insurance for their pets and all kinds of new trends developing. So what
1: um, where did this come from was it because you know vet bills uh, can be crippling and and you know if it's it's like anything else if you're not going to go to the doctor for something quote minor on your own yeah. necessarily yeah. you know you know maybe you don't want to do that for your pet either
2: well you know and and that's a good point you bring up and I think one of the the key things and one of the key areas where pharmacy can sort of play a role in this type of medicine is that you know often there is some crossover a lot of times there's not like you you know, there are medications where you don't want to give it to your pet, but there's other medications that it's exactly the same way that you treat yourself is the way you treat your pet. And and in a lot of cases, that's a uh, that's a potential for some cost savings. So you've got, you know, medication that, you know, is specialized. Vets are, are, are more than uh, um, capable of, of dispensing the medication that they prescribe, and they often do that depending on what vet clinic you go to. But often you can get medications, you know, at your pharmacy that you can use for your pet. And we get tons of tons of prescriptions for pets uh, in, a, in a pharmacy. And typically, they are cheaper, because it's just sort of the way our distribution networks work and that sort of thing. So, you know, the the distribution networks in Canada are pretty, you know, are, are, are pretty, pretty well uh, defined. And, uh, you know, we can get medication across this country like in, in in a short so, period of time, but for pets uh, also. So, so
1: you're basically saying that a pet prescription for the same drug a human takes will be cheaper.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, and I, I, you know, I'm sitting here because I don't have all the knowledge on it. But typically, you'll see that there's some savings to be had at, at the pharmacy, and there's many many medications you can use. So,
1: okay, uh, and are there but for people who are doing this to avoid going to the vet and paying the bill. Yeah. Do they uh what do they do? Do they buy over the counter drugs?
2: Well, so both. So there's uh many pharmaceuticals, there's very there's many OTC drugs as well that that uh are co- uh, commonly used for for pets. Um you know, a vet is a prescriber. So so a pharmacist can take a prescription from a veterinarian just like they can a physician or a dentist or a nurse practitioner. So it's an area that, uh, you know, just because the the prescription was written by the vet doesn't mean you have to necessarily get it filled at the vet. So you can, you know, you mm-hmm. can take it to your local pharmacy and, and in most cases you should be able to get it filled there. Um, but certainly there's some medications that, you know, are used in animals that... Have nothing to do with humans, so you have to, you know, it's it's a bit of a, um, uh, you know, for for patients out there and and owners of their pets. I mean, they, they have to ask the right questions. So.
1: Okay, so so give give me an idea of what are the conditions, uh, and what are some of the drugs that are common to pets and humans, and what are some of the things that are lethal to pets.
2: Yeah, well, you know, for pets, I mean, the main. Uh, You know, a lot of times people take them just like us for infections or, you know, you you can tell that the dog's in pain. I mean, things like um, uh, non-steroidal type of anti-inflammatories, you know, a lot of the ones that we we use.
1: Like ibuprofen?
2: Ibuprofen, those type of things are used in pets as well. But you have to be careful. It's an area that you have to be very, very cautious with because some of those medications... um, are are fine to use and and that's a class where some some of them you don't want to use and then the i would say probably the second most common is is antibiotics so so and there's a lot of crossover there using the same type of antibiotics in a in a human that you would in a pet
1: what would you use uh, an antibiotic for in a pet
2: well you know in, in a lot of cases you know they've you know they've uh they were out and on a walk or something. And, you know, we've all had cases where the dog has, you know, stepped on something or, or, you know, there's, there's cases where, you know, the dog's cut himself or something, him or herself. And, and, and obviously they get infected just like we do. So if it's not a clean wound, so there's a lot of antibiotics that are, that are used. And and a lot of times they get the same conditions as we do. Not so much like we're, we're still in flu season. They don't get, you know things like that but uh, but for the most part uh you know it 's things like like skin ailments and and things uh but you know there's there 's many many things that they could use antibiotics for so um, uh,
1: pets get cancer a lot true and uh do they get uh chemo like we get chemo
2: they do and and in fact um one of the uh, one of the areas that 's a little bit of a uh, an interesting area for pharmacy because um, what's popped up in the last few years is a lot of compounding pharmacies and compounding pharmacies. We've talked about it on the show before where you can go and sometimes there's specialized medica- medications that aren't the usual ones that you get, uh, you know, uh, in a pharmacy for the most part, but they have to be prepared and, and they can't be prepared in in all cases by every pharmacy. So some need to be sterile. Uh, and there's only certain pharmacies around around the city, around the GTA that that will do that. So so sometimes, uh, and, and it's become quite a business for compounding pharmacies actually to uh, uh, to prepare these medications for uh, for animals. And, and a lot of times, it's nothing more than taking a regular medication and just add, adding in some flavoring or something to make it a little bit easier for them to take, or they'll enjoy taking it. But mm-hmm. but you know. There's there's tons of different they, they can make them up into uh, uh, you know suppositories or, or or you know lollipops or anything that would make the dog enjoy it a little bit more. Dog, I, I said dog, dog, cat,
1: and animal, it, rabbit. <laughs> are, it, the dose? I'm assuming the dose must be very different because you know they they weigh less than we do uh, usually.
2: Yeah, true, uh, but often um, you know the way they metabolize drugs is a, is a factor as well and. And uh, in fact, you know, most animals, especially the smaller ones, they have a higher metabolic rate. So you'd be surprised at sometimes how, um, how the uh, medications, same ones as we use, are impacted by whether, uh, you know, you're giving it to a dog or a cat. Um, you know, thyroid medications are used by thousands and thousands of, of, of people. They're all, all also used a lot by, uh, by pets as well. And in fact, that's a key area where you would kind of go, well boy my dog has a higher uh, higher dose of thyroid than I do or thyroid medication and that's usually because their metabolic rate's a little bit higher so so
1: interesting interesting yeah. yeah
2: so it's a interesting area that I mean quite truthfully it's an area where I would say pharmacists in general don't know a ton about it mm-hmm. but there are ones around and I think this all the things that's happening with these special compounded medications for pets uh, will will sort of open up this new area of pharmacy so.
1: Okay, let me give the numbers out again. We have been talking about medications for pets versus medications uh, for their human family members, and uh, what you can use for a pet, what's lethal for a pet. If you have your questions, please give us a shout. 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 Of course, Dean is here to take all of your calls and your questions about anything. I just want to remind people that just yesterday, I saw a study which said that um, having the flu can lead to heart attacks and i'm wondering if there's anybody in light of this who has questions about flu shots or flu medication it's always a big topic so we are here to take these calls and questions right now we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back
0: now fight back with libby's nimer on zoomer radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the ontario pharmacists association
1: Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributor, Dean Miller, and we're talking about medications for your pet, some of which are the same as human medication, and some of which are not. Uh, if you have questions about how to treat your pet, uh, please call 416 360 0740, toll free 1 866 740 4740. Of course, Dean is taking All of your calls and questions on any subject. And and I want to segue for a moment or two uh, about the flu, which is a perennial topic here. And we just learned yesterday that having the flu increases your risk of a heart attack. Uh, That's a very serious thing, obviously. And a lot of people think it's too late to have a flu shot. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a question we always get because everybody thinks, okay, it's October, it's November, even the first bit of December. So that's when you get your flu shot and it's not available any other time. So that's that's not true. I mean, uh, uh, the flu season typically in any given year is late onset anyways. So, I mean, we're third week of January now. Is it too late to get a flu shot? No, it's actually uh, still... You know, you'll you could develop an immunity because most flu, and this year is particularly bad. I mean, uh, looking at the Health Canada site, I have never seen um, I've never seen it light up. I guess quite like I've seen it this year. So it's been a number of years that we've since we've had a flu season like this one, Uh, but but it's it's certainly alive and well the flu uh, season this year. So just so everybody knows, uh, pharmacies still have. Uh, a good supply of flu shots, uh, and it's definitely not too late to have your flu uh, flu shot. So.
1: Okay, let's uh, go to the phones. We've got Marianne in Toronto. Hello, Marianne. Hi, Libby.
3: I love your show. Thank you. I have a question. Um, I have a Himalayan cat. He is about eight years old, and he's been on, um, he's got a ty- thyroid problem, and he's, got, he's on a medication. He takes... Um, Two 5-milligram tablets a day, Tapazole.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So, um, and it's actually, I pay about $65. There's a 100 tablets, um, which uh, last me about uh, almost two months. Okay. Is there any um, way that I can go around getting this um, in a different manner.
2: Well, tapazole. There, there's a great example of what we were just talking about because it is a medication that is available uh, from the pharmacy, and uh, you know, it's used. It's a medication that, I mean, it's an older medication. It hasn't been around in general, very common use amongst humans for a long time. But, but certainly, it's still used and it's still available. So.
1: It's for a hyperactive thyroid, right? Yeah. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I took it back in the day yeah. when I had that problem years yeah. and years yeah. ago.
2: So that that's a great example of what mm. I mean that, you know, just saying to the vet, you know, can you just write me a prescription uh, and I'll take it to my local pharmacy. And, you know, whether they have it or not, I mean, it's it's never more than a day or so before you get the medication in. So it's, it's not an issue. But, you know, I mean, if it's $65, I think I can honestly say that, you know, it wouldn't not be sixty five dollars at probably whatever pharmacy you took it uh, to across uh, across Ontario.
1: You can always just ask, you know, what what would the price be to fill this, and right, it's right. you know comparison shopping like for anything else. Yeah,
3: yeah, and it's it, it's the exact same me- medicine, right? Yeah, and quite often
2: they're made by the same manufacturers. A lot of these manufacturers. Yeah, I have... I think
3: it's called Pal- Paladin.
2: Paladin Labs. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it's the same thing for humans too, and they often. You know, uh, I mean, from an advice point of view, I mean, make sure you also talk to your vet about about it because there may be small nuances, and the pharmacist knows a lot about medications for humans, uh, and in a lot of cases not so much about human uh, medications for vets. But we do have the resources to kind of tap into that and give you some good advice there too. So,
1: okay, great. Okay, thanks very much. Okay, thank you thanks very Mary-Ann. much. Bye. Let's go to Ron and Milton. Hello, Ron. Hi there.
2: I have a, just a, a quick interesting point. Uh, we used to get uh, a particular Benza, Benzapril for our dog, okay. and if we got it in the beef-flavored from the veterinarian,
1: oh, okay. it was
2: $3 a pill.
1: Okay. Wow.
2: If you take that box to your local pharmacy and you get the APO Benzapril, it was $0.47 cents a pill. Yeah. that's a That's a fairly stiff... <laughs> Markup. Yeah. Well, the April part of it—that's a generic brand. Yeah. Um, but regardless, um, there's a good example of seeing the difference in 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 pricing, and and uh, in most cases, again, like Marianne said before, you know, it's um, you know, it, it's the same medication only. You know, one's packaged for for humans, and quite often it's made by the same companies. They just have a veterinary uh, medicine uh, part of their of the company that they work for, hence the you know the the price goes up. But uh, now that now you mentioned one interesting thing about beef flavored, you know that's a good example of where you could get that type of um, compounding done at one of those compounding pharmacies in order to still give it that beef flavor because that's a you know a good example where a, a pet you know they they love uh, you know stuff that are you know flavored differently in order to make it a little easier for them.
1: So. Okay, Ron. Thanks. I hope that helps. Okay. Thank you. Okay, Eleanor
4: in Thorold. Hello, Eleanor. Yes. Hello. Go ahead. Hi, um, I have a dog who has congestive heart failure, and uh, he was diagnosed back in February of last year, and he's on several medications, and I'm just wondering. Uh, first of all, uh, if the medications he's taking are all necessary, um, one is Enapril, and the other one is vetmedin, uh, a capsule. <laughs> now, I had the medications made into a liquid form by a, um, a compounding pharmacy through my vet, okay. and I was told because of Vet it was made it, like Pemobedin, which is the other name, uh, that it wasn't as effective. I have trouble giving him medication because, as usual, pills and capsules are not something he enjoys taking. So I've had to do all kinds of things to try and get him to take the vet med and powder. I break the capsule apart, put it in water and put a little bit of powdered sugar in it or something. But from what I understand, um, he had gone to a cardiologist. His heart is slightly enlarged and his lungs are clear now, but it has to be on a certain amount of diuretic as well to okay. keep things under control. But she had mentioned about vet uh, Medin product that was made into sort of a, a tablet or a chewable form, but it's only available in the States. It's not available in Canada. And I'm just wondering if there's any other form that would be more palatable for him to take easier cuz it's a lot of struggle in the morning to give him his medication. Well, that's a good
2: that's a good example I think of, you know, go, going down to that far and there's a lot of pharmacies around that now do specialized compounding cuz you know, I've seen such things as lollipops and 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 you know, like little peanut butter biscuits and things though. So you know the the pharmacist actually has the ability to compound in many many different ways and like I said this is a whole new area so you know, I, I mean, I'm a pet owner myself, and you know, by uh, I did the same thing once where I put it into a lollipop form, and the dog loved the taste of it. It was sort of a beef ta- uh, beef taste, and and that's the way we administered that medication. But but there's a lot of possibilities. It doesn't just have to be an oral tablet that you take or a liquid, which sometimes, I mean, a lot of these medications are quite foul tasting you know some of the inactive ingredients are not good but you know compounding by different flavoring agents is is pretty pretty commonplace so i wouldn't give up i mean i don't know what compounding pharmacy that is but but there is many of them around that that will will do that for you
1: okay let's uh, try to uh, get one more call in ziggy in simcoe hi ziggy uh, hi Um, Yes, I'm calling about uh,
3: an insulin uh, product uh, that a number of vets concocted years ago. It was never tested. Um, It was called Can Insulin. I do animal rescue. I know of one heck of a lot of cats and dogs that died because they were put on this stuff
1: because the vets promoted it because it was a number of vets that concocted this. Okay, let, let, let um, Dean respond because we're running out of yeah. time, Siggy.
2: Yeah, so uh, first of all, I'll say I, I don't know of that insulin. Diabetes in animals is is almost as common as it is in, in humans. So... Um, You know, all I can say is that there's a ton of different insulin products on the market today that are all safe and very proven with, uh, not only for humans, but for pets as well. So unfortunately, I don't know the answer to your question about that specific brand. Um, But certainly, um, insulin is very, very, very widely prescribed for animals as it is for humans.
1: Okay, that's good to know. Thank you very much for that. Uh, That's uh, basically all the time we have for today. Many thanks to Dean Miller, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Uh, As I said before, Free For All Friday is coming up because we couldn't take all of your calls today. That's coming right up tomorrow. And right now we break for traffic and news.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.